Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing. With our June 14th update on the economic impact that COVID-19 virus is having on the electrical market, today's podcast is sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988. In 1989, Champion Fiberglass developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics, meaning the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, we'll explore the latest weekly economic indicators that you can use to get a sense of where the electrical economy is headed in the coming weeks and months. One of the many challenges electrical distributors, manufacturers, and reps are facing in this crisis is finally timely economic data that can offer an early indicator of where the market may be headed and when and where any economic turn for the better may be occurring. Local employment data for your electrical contractor and industrial customers, value of new construction and building permits lag the market by at least four to six weeks, and many other economic reports published by the federal government only come out once a month. The editors of Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing believe we have found a solution. Over the next 10 to 15 minutes, I'll discuss the latest data from some key weekly economic indicators that you can watch to take the pulse of the electrical market and provide some additional analysis of fresh economic data as it's available for each presentation. We will be providing these updates every two weeks. These five weekly economic indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fireglass for sponsoring today's electrical economy for 2020. Let's look at the data. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims so far in the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis. This data is valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and reps because it offers some empirical evidence of just how big an issue layoffs are now at the state level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establish a trend in this direction, it will be a clue for you about when the economy in that state is starting to improve. Now that we have three months of data covering the COVID-19 crisis, we can start looking at some longer-term trends and seeing what we can learn from them. A good way to do this is to look at the four-week moving average. When you look at the data by this metric, you'll find that weekly unemployment claims peaked in the second and third weeks of April and have been steadily leveling down after that. On a national basis, we still are seeing an astronomically high number of unemployment claims, but in recent weeks, the severity of them has been lessening in each weekly report released by the Department of Labor. On a national basis, total unemployment claims dropped by 82,886 for the week ending June 6 to roughly 1.5 million claims. Unfortunately, some states saw their weekly claims increase by more than 10,000 from the previous week. Those states are California, up 29,426 claims, Massachusetts, up 17,000 claims, and New York, New York up over 12,422 claims. Through June 6, the other states in the top 10, or bottom 10 as you might say, were Maryland, Minnesota, South Carolina, Iowa, Oregon, Louisiana, and Nevada. An interesting leading indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, which publishes this data weekly. Let's take a look. Looking at the four-week moving average can also help us see some patterns in AAR's freight rail traffic. You can see that freight rail traffic drops during the Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's holiday seasons. It also shows that the declines that we saw week after week in March and through May appear to be leveling out. 
When you look at the various types of freight carried by rail, you can see that motor vehicles and parts down 41% year over year through the first week of June, metallic orders and metals down 40% through this time period, and coal down 32% year over year are down the most. I did some research into these categories over the past week and learned that coal has a huge impact on total freight traffic, but that it is pulling down the traffic numbers because more and more power plants are moving away from coal and toward natural gas because of environmental concerns. According to AAR, coal also accounted for 16.1% of all rail revenue in 2018, behind only intermodal among all the major rail traffic segments. Most coal in the United States is consumed at power plants and approximately 70% of that coal is delivered by rail. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available on a weekly basis on the state, basin, and national basis. There's not much new to report in the number of oil rigs operating in the United States. Those numbers are continuing on the steady downward trajectory they have been on the past few months. To dig into the wild pricings we have seen in oil prices since March, I calculated some moving averages for both the percent change of the 10-day moving average and the daily percent change since the start of the year. The 10-day moving average smooths out some of the volatility we have seen in oil prices since March. It shows that since that time, we have moved from a time in January and February with, that showed relatively little change to a period of time through March with swings in percent change of plus or minus 5%. The numbers for the daily percent change are quite dramatic and have ranged from a daily spikes of 20% to one jaw-dropping decline of more than 40%. Let's now take a look at what's happened since 2015 in the oil basins in the U.S. that currently account for more than 70% of all rig activity, the Permian and Eagle Ford basins in Texas and the Williston Basin in North Dakota. Their charts all have a slightly different shape, but they all tell the same story. Drilling activity is down big time. Consider that the Permian Basin was up over 500 rigs in 2015 and is now showing less than 200 operational rigs. The Eagle Ford Basin has dropped more than, from more than 8, 180 rigs in 2015 to less than 20 rigs currently. And the Williston Basin, which spent much of 2015 operating over 100 rigs, is now down to less than 20 operational rigs. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposit. It really gives you a sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers. Everyone likes to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices aren't as volatile as what you see in the oil market, but they too saw some big swings in late March, with some daily increases as high as 4% and at least one decline of 6%. Copper prices have been on a bit of a run this month and have increased from $2.40 per pound to closer to $2.60 this week. We haven't looked in detail at the residential market in our Today's Electrical Economy podcast for a while. With the April building permit data now out for local areas, let's see what we can learn from a business segment that accounts for up to 20% of the typical full-line distributor's business. Like other businesses, home builders have been hit hard by the COVID-19 coronavirus, but we found that some states and local markets have actually done reasonably well. Let's take a look. Texas and Florida are often among the leaders in single-family housing construction, and that was definitely the case in April. Texas builders pulled 
45,654 permits in April, while Florida builders pulled a still impressive 35,789 permits. North Carolina with 17,896 permits, California with 17,803 permits, Arizona with 11,983 permits, and Tennessee with 10,109 permits were the other states with more than 10,000 permits since April. Texas had three market areas in the top 10 single-family permits, Houston, Dallas, and Austin. Houston and Dallas combined for more than 27,000 single-family permits through April. That's a level of building activity higher than all but the most active states. You'll see some other perennial giants in residential construction and single-family building permits for this month's data. Phoenix, Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Tampa, and Orlando. This concludes today's presentation. Thanks to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's The Electrical Economy. We'll be running these podcasts twice a month for the rest of the year. Today's Electrical Economy podcast focused primarily on the national level. If you happen to need local market data, check out Electrical Marketing at electricalmarketing.com. A $99 subscription provides a wealth of data that you can use for your sales forecasting. We provide electrical sales estimates at the metro, county, and state level. Electrical product sales estimates for 17 product categories and access to a construction project database and other economic data such as building press and gross metropolitan product at the local level. An annual subscription to Electrical Marketing Newsletter costs only $99 per year at our special promotional rate. All subscriptions include 24-7 access to all market data and Electrical Marketing Newsletter published twice each month. To subscribe to Electrical Marketing, go to www.electricalmarketing.com Click on the menu icon at the top of the homepage, and then click on Magazine Subscriptions. Thanks for listening today. Contact me if there's any other type of economic data that you'd like me to be covering in these podcast presentations, which I'll be running twice a month for the rest of the year. And thanks again to the folks from Champion Fireglass for sponsoring this series.